Welcome to Fish Casting. I'm your host, Tanner of Fish Facts TV. Hey everybody, I am Captain Tim. You can find me at Captain Strip on Instagram. Well guys, today we're on a bit of a tight schedule. Our free podcasting host only allows two hours a month. So we're gonna call this our 18 minute lightning round. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start my timer right now and uh we're gonna see how it goes all right tim you want to lead it off or throw it back to me you know what i've been waiting to hear this story of this nice black grouper you caught this week so i'm gonna throw it to you you can kick us off and i can't wait to hear about it all right so there we were um as you know i've been kind of chasing mutton snappers uh going offshore miami a lot of people on YouTube were telling me that I needed to use a really long 50-foot leader on like a 14-ounce, 16-ounce egg sinker. So what I did was I did that rig, which is a huge hassle. 50-foot of 50-pound leader on a 16-ounce egg sinker. We caught about eight ballyhoos. Um, so I guess before I get to the grouper, we spent the morning chasing dolphin. We ran offshore um, probably to about 1,200, 1,300 feet. Uh, we got into one school of small dolphin, uh, really small, probably the one we got into the boat was 14 inches. Uh, the, the other one I had, as I pulled it up, it flipped off. It was about the same size. The school only hung around behind the boat for a second. So we basically spent all morning chasing those tiny dolphin. Um, we did get some, which was my first time getting a dolphin in the boat um, with myself as the captain. So I'd call that a victory. But we're here to talk about the grouper. So it's about noon when we decide we're going to go for the grouper. We'd eat lunch. We still have the boat till five. So I want to go get some live ballyhoo. So we just kind of, in Miami, basically, if you anchor up and throw down a chum bag, ballyhoo show up within about 15 minutes. So anchored up for about 15 minutes. We caught eight or nine ballyhoo so i rig up that rig and we go to all these public numbers that go from about 300 to about 60 feet deep so from what i'd heard for these mutton snapper that i wanted we wanted to drift this rig in about 150 to 120 and that's how we were going to get these mutton snapper so what i decided to do was we were going to do just a dead boat drift we we're going to have three lines set up so that deep rig that I described with the big sinker, with the long leader, so you're basically towing the fish, you know, even if, if the leader's 50 feet, then the fish is probably 20, 30 feet on the bottom when you include how much the drift is pulling it. Uh, we had a flat line and we had a chicken rig. So the idea was we're gonna tow all three of these at the same time, one in the bow, uh, one about midships and one in the stern, and just kind of drift these three baits and see what happens. The very first drift, we get right to the number. Um, I tried to go just past the number since we were drifting. We dropped our lines and we're slowly drifting. I look back and I look at the um, bottom machine and I just see a huge wreck, you know, where it's a clear, large outline on the bottom machine. So we're slowly drifting over it, and all of a sudden, I just get slammed on that ballyhoo. And I have my biggest bottom rod. 
I actually bought these cheap $25 Bass, Ro, Bass Pro brand. They're called what, Jerkin Sticks, I want to say. And it's just like <laughs> uh, thick fiberglass, you know, they're very heavy rods, but I mean, they get the job done when it comes to um, digging for bottom fish and even on trolling rods. I got that pen, three aught special Senator uh, conventional reel, 50 pound braid with the 50 pound leader, pull it over, drag cranked all the way down. I knew the current and the wind were pulling us away from the structure. So the fish hit me just as we were passing the bottom, which is perfect because with a big fish, whether it's a big snapper or a big grouper, rocking you up in the wreck is the first play in their playbook. So the fact that we had the wind and the current assisting me and pulling us away from the wreck, and I just had that drag locked down, reeling and grunting and reeling and grunting. Um, and, you know, it took about three or four minutes for me to get to the boat, but as soon as it got there, it was just the, the emotion. You can check out my video. I actually just posted the video on Tuesday. I'm not sure if I'll have this up on podcast via Tuesday or Wednesday, but the video is already up on YouTube, even though I caught the fish last Thursday. And, oh, that was – because I've caught black groupers before, mostly small, um, but never anything close to that size. It was a beautiful fish. It was a wonderful fight. And you know what? It also tasted – very, very good. Um, I've already cooked it two different ways now. Um, I did the panko or lazy days style, which is a family favorite. And I also did the traditional Southern style, both fried, but you know, a fish that big creates a whole lot of meat. So on the second drift, we got another one of those sand tiles, which again is not great, but I mean, they still supposedly eat good, even though uh, they're not very big. And then the third drift, the flat line just got nailed. Um, and we fought it and we fought it. And that was on the spinning rod, which doesn't have the, the same level of gumption uh, as the conventional reel. But we were able to fight it. And I could just feel, I, I had one of my friends fight it first, but he's never really caught that many big fish. So he was struggling. So I, I ended up just taking the rod myself. We pull it you know, probably fought it 10 minutes till we get it right under the boat. And it's probably a 50 or 60 pound black tip. So uh, once I start to get that to the boat, you know, enough to where I see it, then I really start horsing it once I knew it was a black tip. And yeah. right under the boat, I think the skin just rubbed through the leader. But, uh, you know, very successful day. I got my first dolphin on the boat. I got my biggest grouper and three fish for three drifts. You know, I think we're going back this Tuesday and my plan is to make the morning dolphin run. I think I'm going to try to catch ballyhoo immediately. So first thing in the morning, try to catch 15 or 20 ballyhoo, just run out to 1200 and back. Don't dilly dally. If the dolphin are there, the dolphin are there. If not, then we're going to get. And so hopefully we'll get to do at least seven or eight drifts instead of just three, like we did on Thursday and we can pull up some big snapper or hopefully some more grouper. Yeah, I think I think you got a good plan. Uh, I love the fact that you, you took some of the comments and and some insight from some of your viewers and uh, and put it to work, and it was very successful. Uh, that's awesome. I'm really excited you got that nice black grouper. I'm definitely jealous. <laughs> we don't get a lot of them around here. You got to go way out to get them on the west coast uh, where I'm at. Uh, but great job, and and I'm excited to see how next week pays off for you. 
Yeah, and you know, you know, with fishing, just because it works one time doesn't mean it's going to work another time. But um, hopefully, I can sharpen my techniques so where I have this Miami fishing as dialed in as you have it over in uh, the Tampa St. Pete area. And speaking of that, what about you? Did you get to do any fishing this week? Yeah, uh, I appreciate you saying how dialed in I have it, but <laughs> not always. Um, I did get to do a little fishing uh, this Saturday. Um, we we went to, you know, I feel like a broken record and I, I keep echoing myself, but I went to the sandbar with some friends. Um, it was a little sporty to run offshore. Um, so I, I uh, went to the sandbar. We caught a couple juvenile snook in the morning before it got really busy. Um, and from there, I, I always try to, to, to go a couple, by a couple docks, try a couple different spots, no matter if I'm going to the same or similar locations. Uh, even when I go offshore, what I try to do is, is expand my knowledge and, and find new spots every time I go out. So um, what I did this time is I went by some docks that um, I, I know are successful, I know are productive, um, and tried a couple different ones. Um, it's, it's a dock line on the, on the southernmost point of Pinellas County. That's the county that St. Pete resides in. And uh, I know that there's big snook there um, pretty much all year round. In the spring and in the late summer, like where we're at now, I find that the big female snook stage up in that area. Um, so I, I knew the males were out on the beach and I know the females are in the passes and they're kind of moving around, changing their pattern. Um, but I want to try these docks and I, I took my favorite bait there, which is big pinfish. Um, I cast it and cast it a hundred times, didn't get anything. That, that's the bait that's my go-to at these, at this line of docks. And then I, I just decided to switch it up, throw a tiny little white bait, uh, sardine up there and boom, get hammered and it's on. Uh, I boated that fish. It was about a 35 inch female, um, had a bite mark in its back from, looked like a shark. So uh, she's been in battle. Um, I know there was more down there, but I was so happy to get that, that one nice big female after catching a, a handful of the smaller males. And these males are anywhere between 22 to 24 inches, the ones I was getting off the beach. So the That's difference not in that caliber. small. Uh, you know, I, I like those big girls. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I know they're not out there right now. Um, they're, they're in a transitioning phase uh, throughout, throughout the, the late summer. So they're moving and they're, um, they're going to be fattening up for the winter here soon. I, it, it's weird to think that we're already coming in. I think it's the first day of fall or something like that today, um, which seems pretty wild. But um, yeah, uh, my fishing, it wasn't, it wasn't super duper exciting. Um, I, I feel bad. I haven't gotten out and done anything crazy. Um, I'm hoping this upcoming weekend I'm, I'm going to be able to, to do something a little different. Um, I mentioned the, the changing of the seasons and how fish move. Um, I find that in the late summer, early fall, the snapper fishing in Tampa Bay just explodes. Um, so I'm hoping maybe this upcoming Saturday, uh, the winds already look uh, a little bit up, a little bit too much for me to make those offshore runs. But I want to start scouting in the bay. Um, Going to the shipping channel, there's you know a big shipping channel because Tampa does have a, a large port where they cut down into the lime rock and, and now there's this 40 mile natural, excuse me, not natural, man-made ledge that these sh big ships come in and out of. So 
Um, I'm going to be trying that. Um, it's proved very successful in the past this time of year. Pretty much from September through November, I find myself um, frequenting those areas. And it's also nice when those first cold fronts of the year start coming through so you're not way offshore. So hopefully I'll get over there. Um, I don't see why I wouldn't. But uh, I'm, I'm excited, and, and hopefully those big snapper have already started their migration inshore. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of snook and snapper, I actually uh, did a little snapper fishing myself this morning. I, I'm starting a pier series on my YouTube channel where I try to visit all the piers in South Florida. I went to the Dania <laughs> Beach Pier, um, and, and it's tough. So I'm obviously not an expert snook fisherman like yourself. But I, I went after the snapper. I, I consider myself a pretty pretty good snapper fisherman. I think I cut about 25 mangroves, um, about 10 of them, about half 50-50 keepers. And the ones that weren't keepers were very, very close to being keepers. And I saw a lot of snook, but I don't know. I was throwing blue runners at them. I was throwing ballyhoo at them. Um, but I, I didn't have a sabiki small enough to catch those little white baits, like you say. And the pier was too high to get a net in the water. So we just had these snook, you say 30, I mean, these were probably anywhere from 30 to 40 inch snook, but mm -hmm. there was a, it was on, on a huge pod of these sardines and it just had like five snook in the middle with like a circle around it. Uh, I saw one person on the whole pier catch a snook, but I probably saw, you know, a dozen monsters just sitting in this ball of bait, not wanting to touch anything. Yeah, it can be pretty aggravating, huh? When you know they're there, you see them right there, and, and you just can't get them to eat. Um, that's kind of what I was dealing with. I know that there's a bunch of these snook just stacked up um, at these docks, and finally got one to eat. I had to switch up my game, throw this tiny little three-inch sardine instead of these hand-sized pinfish up there, which normally are my go-to. So, yeah, you never know. I think you'll get them. I think you'll get one. Um, maybe, maybe a little bit later in the fall when, when all that bait um, kind of starts moving out again. And um, then they're going to start wanting to fatten up uh, for the winter. So maybe that'll be when you're able to get them. You never know. I, I, think, I think you'll get them, though. I'm confident. I, I know that you, uh, you use light enough tackle and you have a bunch of different tactics. So I'm confident. I believe. Well, last year, September and October were the best snook months in Miami um, when we had the mullet run come in. So I've still been out there running every day. I've not seen more than a, a hand, couple handfuls of mullet. You know, when it was the mullet run, there would be big schools every day. And that lasted for about six weeks last year. So there's some mullet coming in. And I was hoping that maybe that would be a sign of the fish coming in more. Um, we only got a couple more minutes left, but I want you to tell me just a little bit about what type of hook and what type of leader you use for those snook, and then we'll jump over to the fish of the week. Yeah, so what I was using for these snook and, and what I tend to do when I'm beach fishing is I use very light leaders. Um, you'll hear me keep saying light tackle, light tackle, light tackle. Um, I'm using 20 or 25 pound test fluorocarbon leaders with uh, a one or two aught uh, hook. And, and it depends on what I'm really, how I'm uh, targeting these fish. Sometimes when I'm fishing up the beach, I'll throw a pinfish out um, kind of in like the swash zone where the snook like to ambush their bait. And I'll have that as a circle hook and I put that in the rod holder. And then I'll sit on the bow of my boat or I'll stalk up and down the beach sight casting for the, those big females. 
Um, right now, the males are, are moving out, like I've said, or, and it's only the males, excuse me, the females have moved out. Um, so I find myself doing more and more of just kind of the relaxing, throw the bait out, where they ambush bait and, and wait. But um, yeah, light tackle, 20 to 25 pound test fluoro and a one-aught to two-aught size hook is, is generally my go-to. Around the docks, I'll step it up to maybe 30 pound test just because of the structure. All right, sounds good. Now let's jump into our last segment, the fish of the week. This week's fish of the week is Blue Runner, Karanx Chrysos. What can you tell me about Blue Runners in less than a minute? Less than a minute, uh, one of my favorite king mackerel baits. Uh, they live a long time in a live well. You can bump troll them around. They're great to put under a balloon or to just put them as a flatline bait. Um, they're very hardy. Like I said, you can spend a lot of time in a live well. One of my favorite baits and don't sleep on chunking them up and send them to the bottom for red grouper and snapper. Quick enough? Sounds good to me. Um, what I'd like to say is they're a member of the Karanx genus. So the Karanx genus is a huge genus of fish that contains many species of jacks, uh, most notably the Jack Creval in the U.S., but uh, the giant Trevally and the bluefin Trevally, which were two staples back when I lived in Samoa. So those, uh, those are a very popular genus of fish. Obviously, the blue runners don't get as big, but if you ever hook into a big blue runner, which I've caught a handful of, that thing will put up a fight. All right. Um, that's it for today. Sorry we had to be brief, but uh, remember to send us your questions um, next week, and we'll try to have a full-length one. I'm Fishfacts TV on YouTube. Remember to give us five stars on Apple Store. And, Tim, you got any parting words? Hey, I uh, look forward to next week and getting to those questions. And you can find me at Captain Strip on Instagram. Thank you, everybody. All right. Have a good one.